Should the Dodgers go after Matt Chapman? We'll look at the pros and cons of the veteran third baseman. And then we'll take a look at some news and notes from around MLB. Nothing groundbreaking, but we might as well break it down for you. That's what's coming up, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Lockdown Dodgers. And if you want to become an everydayer, it's very easy. All you have to do is listen or watch every day or close to every day as possible. And the easiest way to do that is to subscribe wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube and get notified when our episodes are ready for you. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Vince Samperio and usually joined by co-host Jeff Snyder, but... Jeff covered for me last night, so I'm covering for him uh, in this episode. And Jeff and I are both lifelong Dodger fans. We have watched a lot of Dodger games in our life. We have covered the team in various capacities over the years. Uh, right now, one of those ways is doing this podcast. We've been in the press box, been in the locker room. We've talked to players. We've interviewed players. Uh, we've done all that stuff. But we're not insiders. We're just here to bring you, uh, you know, the Dodger fan take on things, the hopefully knowledgeable Dodger fan take on things, and, uh, you know, hopefully give you something you can talk about with your other Dodger fan friends and family. And that's what I'm here to do today. Uh, once again, no real news from the baseball world in terms of signings or even big rumors. It was, I guess, there, well, I guess there was a couple things. Um, one Padres hired Mike Schilt as their manager. He was already in the organization. You, know, you might remember him. He used to be the Cardinals manager for a couple years there. A few years ago, uh, he was in the organization ended up going with him. And then the Cardinals made another signing after signing Lance Lynn. They also signed Kyle Gibson, who allowed the most hits in the big leagues last year, if I'm not mistaken. So now they have the guy that allowed the most hits last year in the majors and the most home runs last year in the majors. So you know they're building a, a rotation over there, or at least a back end of the rotation. I would, I'd hope for them, uh, or maybe not. I don't really care if the Cardinals are good or not. But uh, but yeah, so that's kind of what happened in the baseball news world. Wasn't much beyond that, and so that got me thinking about you know uh, some Dodgers potential free agents. And, you know, when you look at position players, there's not much. And especially when it comes to what the Dodgers need. You know, Cody Bellinger is probably the number one position player available. Well, only position player, uh, even though Otani will be only a position player for 2024. Um, but Bellinger is the only full-time position player, or at least that plays a defensive position. And number two is uh, on most of those lists is Matt Chapman. And I, 
I'll preface going into this Matt Chapman talk as I don't believe I don't believe Matt Chapman will be considered unless the Dodgers do not get Shohei Otani. If they do get Shohei Otani, they would have to have a lot of moving pieces uh, in order to incorporate Chapman. That would mean that Max Muncy would have to play second base or or they say, hey, Max Muncy, go learn how to play you know, left field, uh, which I don't see happening. I can see a move to second base, but in that regard, it would require like Matt Chapman to be a bargain rather than kind of what he's being predicted to get right now in the open market. So all this Matt Chapman talk is under the prerequisite that the Dodgers did not get Shohei Otani. And that's, like I said, that's really the only way it makes sense for Chapman. We're going to go, you know, kind of the positives, the pros of getting Chapman, um, and then kind of lean into why you shouldn't get Chapman and then talk about kind of what a contract would look like. Uh, the pros for Chapman, the, the the number one pro for him is defense at third base. And, you know, for a while there, the Dodgers had Justin Turner, who was very good defensively, very solid defensively, might have won a gold glove or, you know, at least had more of a chance if Nolan Arenado hadn't been in the, in the National League for for most of the for all those years uh, that that he was here, but then you know his defense went down last year. The Dodgers had you know mostly Max Muncy at their base, and you know we've talked about his defense at length. Um, and, you know it's not great defense. He can be solid defensively uh, in terms of making all the plays you need to make in terms of making, you know, any plays that are above and beyond, he's not great at, but if he can just be solid at making the routine plays, uh, you know, the the Dodgers would take that for sure. But, you know, for Matt Chapman, most of his, or the, the, the greatest part of his value is on defense. And, you know, last year uh, for, for over his career, he's been a, you know, four war player, which is, you know, all-star to four war and above is usually all-star level or, or, well, maybe more five wars all-star level before is a very solid player. Uh, you know, last year he dropped a little bit uh, in terms of 3.5 F war, but a lot, most of that chunk was defensively. And he he's fallen off a little bit defensively, even from his peak a few years ago, but he's still very solid uh, defensively. And that's obviously where a lot of this stuff is going to come. If it was, if you were judging him just on his offensive profile, you know, he might not command. I think MLB Trade Rumors has him at six years, 150 mil, so 25 million a year. Um, that's definitely not all from offensive value. That's uh, pretty much mostly from defensive value. And, you know, having that value at third base is huge, especially – now with you know the way teams are, are if you can prevent more runners being on base you can prevent especially for the Dodgers uh, at least how it was last year for for part of the year uh preventing runners is preventing runners in scoring position for for the most part because 
any guy you prevent from getting to first base, you're you know now more likely than you were at any time before uh, to prevent them from getting a second base because of stolen bases and and you know the way teams have been running a little bit differently with the new rules. So, and it's something you know the Dodgers haven't had in a few years now uh, in terms of like more elite defense at third base. So you know obviously that's number one. What's good about Matt Chapman? Number two, you're looking at offensive profile, and you know there's there's numbers that stand out that aren't great. I think if you look at Chapman counting numbers last year, uh, not you know the best. He had a 755 OPS, hit 17 homers, 66 RBI or 54 RBI in 140 games. Um, so, you know, definitely not great. He had, he did have a 110 WRC plus, so he was above average, uh, at least offensively. But, it, you know, it's just nothing to write home about it. It's just a solid, you know, so it's just solid. Nothing, nothing, you know, above the line. But you go back to, you know, past years and, you know, he's hit upward of 36 home runs before, which was back in 2019. He's you know, driven in 75 plus runs uh, over multiple years over the last few years with Oakland and and then with even with Toronto last year, he had 27 homers, 76 RBIs with the 118 WRC plus. You know, topped out at 139 back in 2018. So you know, he's had offensive value and still has offensive value, but it, it's just you know a little bit different than it was before. I think what stands out that gives you some hope. You know, last year he started off very 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 hot and and you know it was like oh free agent year matt chapman you know looking to get paid and then he cooled off. that was basically just the first month of the season after that he kind of cooled off leveled off and you know like i said 17 homers uh not amazing uh you know 755 ops not amazing uh 110 wrc plus solid you know solid for with the defensive value he brings, that's, you know, pretty good. But you look at his baseball savant page and there's a lot to like there. There's his average exit velocity last year in the 98th percentile, his barrel percentage in the 98th percentile, his hard hit percentage in the all the way 100th percentile, you know, 56.4% of the time hard hit. Uh, his chase percentage, 94th percentile, so, you know, didn't chase much. He did strike out, you know, and we'll talk about that in the cons. He, he did have, you know, some strikeout issues. But when he did hit the ball, you know, hit it hard, barreled it up, and, you know, maybe fell not so much unlucky because his BABIP was higher than his career, um, but also – that could be aided by the fact that he hit the ball harder than he has in recent years and, you know, was up there in, in hard hit percentage. You know, he, he, especially coming from 2021 season, his hard hit percentage was 30, 30% of the time. And then he bumped that up the last two years to get back. And he's also hitting the ball in the air a little bit more than he did in the past. Uh, You know, Cutting out, you know, line drives are about the same. Ground ball, he's cut the ground ball percentage. He's put the ball in the air a little bit more. 
So, you know, when it, when you can hit the ball hard and you go about it that way, I think, you know, that you have great value in terms of, especially with the Dodgers, like if they can tweak a couple of things in your swing, maybe fix some of the other things, uh, then you're looking at some good value in terms of offensive numbers. There are more pros and a couple cons, and then we'll look at contract value for Matt Chapman. That's what's coming up, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. A money line bet is simply choosing which team is going to win the game. There are three games on Thanksgiving. There's a game on Black Friday, and then there's a bunch of games on Sunday. No need to wait to go beyond this week. Go pick a game that you like, who you think is going to win. You know, if you think the Lions are going to beat the Packers, then go put down at least $5 on the Lions to win on the money line, and you can win $150 in bonus bets back. And bonus bets basically just means $150 to make bets uh, in order to get actual money. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to join and get in on the action than right now. The app is very easy to use, and you know if you're more experienced, better, there's a wide range of betting options beyond money line, spreads, player props, over-under, same-game parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. And remember, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Lockdown, plus national shows covering every league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's get back into Matt Chapman talking. You know, we, we were talking about the pros being defense and the fact that he hits the ball hard and that, you know, there, there might be some more offensive value to extract from him. And, you know, I think that's – with anybody the Dodgers sign, I think that's kind of the thought process is that if he has certain things that – they excel at or certain things that, you know, they, or, you know, certain things the Dodgers see that they could help with, um, you know, they're going to go after it. And I think for a guy like Matt Chapman, who's had offensive success, has seen his strikeout rate climb over the years, you know, he used to strike out in his peak, he was striking out, well, his two peak years, he was striking out less than 24% of the time. That ramped up to 35% of the time in 2020. He cut it down to 32 last or in 2021, 27.4 last year, 28.4 this year. So, you know, a lot of strikeouts, yes, but I, again, it's supplemented by when he does hit the ball, he hits it very hard. And the Dodgers can just kind of, you know, make those couple tweaks and, and he doesn't chase. So he, he's swinging and missing mostly in the zone. Um, in terms of, you know, he's not chasing very much. And I think that's something, you know, you could 
figure out if, if you're the Dodgers and you have the hitting coaches and, and you know everything else. So I, I think that there's a lot of yeah, so look, he he swings at out of the zone, he only swings 22.5% of the time. In the zone, he swings 69.2% of the time. So he's definitely missing in the zone a lot of and He misses more in the zone than, than most people do. So uh, I think that's something the Dodge could fix. So, you know, when it comes to defense, when it comes to in the ball hard, when it comes to tweaks that can be made, I think those are all in favor of signing Matt Chapman. And I think, you know, kind of the last thing here is, you know, he, he seems to be, you know, a good, <laughs> it, it sometimes it comes down to he's a good guy. And I don't, I haven't heard any issues from him. Um, you know, he's been well, obviously in Oakland. Uh, he's been with Toronto the last couple of years. He's, you know, been a guy that has, competed uh, in the postseason in the past. Uh, he hasn't done great in the postseason, but it's a very small sample size. He's only played in six games uh, and has hit 273 with a 664 OPS. So there's not much to, to gain there from in terms of uh, how he is in, t- in terms of how he is in the postseason. But, you know, some of the cons, um, He's a little bit older in terms of how many years you're going to give him. You know, he's 31 years old, or he'll be 31 years old uh, when the season starts or during the season. He, you know, probably going to get a five-year deal at least. Uh, That's, you know, most have him in the five, six-year deal range, most projections. And, you know, his defense has already gone down a little bit in recent years. So you wonder, you know, how long is that defense going to stay strong to elite, uh, especially if the offense doesn't necessarily pick up. And, the, if you know, if the offense stays the same and his defense gets worse, then you lose value already, you know, very quickly in terms of if he's getting 25 mil a year. Now, if you, you know, if somehow it, you get them for cheaper than that and maybe for less years or, or even five years, but you get them for, you know, more 2022 mil a year, uh, you can, you know, maybe deal with a little bit more, a little bit more with a slight defensive drop off than you would if it was the other way. But, you know, you look at the cons and that's one where the defense has gone down. Uh, you know, you look at two, he does strike out a lot and he's not elite offensively. And, it, you know, it's kind of, you know, in this scenario, what you're doing is putting Max Muncy at DH and, you know, Max Muncy fits the DH profile. You know, maybe doesn't hit as well overall, but power-wise, you know, number-wise, he fits the DH profile. Uh, you know, if you're getting strong defense at their base, then you can deal with, you know, maybe not elite production offensively. But, you know, it's one of those where you're looking at the cons, you're looking at kind of worst-case scenario. And... You know, 20 homers and, you know, 65 RBI and, a, you know, slightly above average offensive profile might not be justified, even with, you know, and pair that with, you know, dwindling defensive metrics. 
and you know you're looking at a recipe for a bad contract pretty quickly you know assuming everything went a certain way and and the, again this is looking at like a doomsday scenario type of deal of you know why you shouldn't sign Matt Chapman um and and that's kind of what it comes down to is like if he loses defensive value and doesn't pick up offensive value then you know what you what he, what he's predicted to sign for is not necessarily worth it and and you know that that's not going to be ideal but you know, he does strike out a lot and, you know, the power has gone down a little bit and in terms of, you know, home run power uh, and, you know, hard hit percentage is cool stat uh, to kind of think, you know, okay, maybe he he's right there. But again, if he's hitting hard hit fly balls to the warning track um, and not, you know, not as many line drives or, you know, loses a little bit of power, whatever the case is, you know, you could see that value kind of dwindling pretty quick. And now you're stuck with, you know, a 34 year old third baseman who's mid, mid defensively, mid offensively. And, uh, you know, and at that point, if you're three years down the line in a five-year deal, the Dodgers might just say, you know what, we can move on from you. Uh, and, but you know, whatever the case is, that that's looking at worst case scenario cons, um, you know, overall, like I said, he's looking at a lot of projections have him in the five to six year range around the twenty five million dollar a year range. I think, again, all this is, pre- is is prefaced by this is under the scenario that the Dodgers do not get Shohei Otani and they're looking for somebody to, you know, they're looking to move Max Muncy to DH and, and getting somebody to play third base. I think overall in that scenario. Matt Chapman, you could do a lot worse than Matt Chapman. Um, you could do, you know, you can't do too much better than him, at least. Well, you can't do much better than him on the open market, on free agency. You could do better than him with trades, but there's not, you know, all-star third basemen are just readily available um, in order, you know, to trade. So we'll, we'll, we would see what happened in that, in that scenario. But I think yes to – looking into Matt Chapman if the Dodgers don't sign Shohei Otani, but also knowing that there is reason for concern. And that's, you can find that with almost any free agent, obviously. Uh, But I do think, you know, the defense, defense still being very good, but being not as good as, you know, previous years, along with the offense, you know, kind of in a weird spot, you know, it makes you a little bit weary. But overall, Matt Chapman would be solid if in the contingency plan the Dodgers don't get Shohei Otani. So that's going to do it on Matt Chapman talk. There was a couple of news and notes from around the league in terms of just little things here and there that well, we've seen over the last few days. So I'll get into those. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Remember, you can become an everydayer by listening or watching to Locked On Dodgers every day. All you got to do is listen or watch every day. You can subscribe wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, and you'll be notified when our episodes are there for you every Monday through Friday. Okay, so I, I mentioned earlier in the show that the Padres had hired Mike Schilt as their manager. Davis Say had, uh, I would imagine the source was straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, He said that Adrian Gonzalez was a 
finalist for the job in San Diego, uh, you know, finishing the top three, which was not a name we had seen reported by anybody else in the past. You know, it was Benji Gill. It was Phil Nevin, you know, Mike Schilt, uh, you know, Flaherty, who the Padres already had. You know, all those names had been mentioned. I don't I don't remember seeing Adrian Gonzalez's name anywhere. Uh, so maybe that one was more of a, you know, the Padres did keep that under wraps for whatever reason. Um, I would imagine Dave as they heard straight from Adrian Gonzalez. They seem, you know, they have a, a working professional relationship. And interesting in the sense that he, at least with the Dodgers specifically, he had an interesting clubhouse reputation. You know, he did help or try to help, you know, Puig and in, in, you know, when he was with the Dodgers and, you know, kind of help try to bridge that gap. But also, you know, remember that year he got hurt and the first round of the playoffs and he was on vacation with his family and, you know, not at the games or not supporting the team, which was always kind of weird to me. Uh, you know, he was, you know, not, not, I'm not bashing Adrian as I was, like I said, I, I was around, in the clubhouse one of the years he was there back in 2015 um i didn't you know notice any issues but i don't think he was the most beloved teammate and i don't think he was not a like teammate i just think he was you know I, he's not a guy that i see and like oh yeah he, he'd make a good manager type of deal but uh you know, shout out to him for for being in the mix at the very least um and you know for the Padres and, and Shield specifically, I think they should have went with Benji Gill personally. Um, I think, you know, you have – not that this matters. You know, it's not the end-all, be-all. But, you know, and then that, I don't know how they feel about Shield in that clubhouse. But, you know, when you have, for me, it's when, you have, when your main stars are Latino, so Manny Machado mm-hmm. – Fernando Tatis, you know, even Xander Bogarts, who's not Latino, but Curacao, he speaks Spanish. And, you know, we, we've seen the players from Curacao kind of feel more Latino than anything else in terms of most of them speak Spanish, like Jansen speaks Spanish, Albi speaks Spanish, uh, you know, Xander speaks Spanish. And, you know, getting some fresh blood in there in terms of somebody who's been around the game. He managed Team Mexico, Benji Gill. No, he, he, whatever the case. Uh, but, hey, you know, Mike Show might be loved in that clubhouse or, or liked at the very least. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. The other thing that was out there, um, you know, Jeff talked about it, the report from Hector Gomez that the Dodgers could be looking to sign Otani and trade for Trout. Uh, Angels general manager Perry Manazian reiterated that Mike Trout will be playing for the Angels in 2024. Uh, he did did note that several large market teams privately inquired about his availability. Again, the Trout thing seemed a little bit of a pipe dream in the sense of I just can't see Artie Moreno greenlighting any deal that sends Mike Trout to the Dodgers. And I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna take a GM's words of this player will be on the team next year. But I think it is safe to say that Trout probably stays put. 
And uh, but you know, it was fun to think about, and it's still fun to think about. And you never know, you know, maybe the Dodgers could make a deal large enough in terms of prospects to entice the Angels at the very least. And uh, you know, all you need is one uh, vulnerable moment from Marty Moreno, one enticing deal from the Dodgers, and uh, you know, you can get Mike Trout to LA. So you never know, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, other than that, like I mentioned, Cardinals signed Kyle Gibson. We are a week and a half away from the winter meetings. I would imagine that's when things are going to start picking up again. Um, for the most part, Thanksgiving ha- time has been kind of recognized as you know slower time. Uh, you know, hopefully everybody's just enjoying time wherever they're doing and uh, can wait till after holidays in order to sign free agents. Uh, so yeah, other than that, um, there was one article from, you know, Otani continues to be the main talk, obviously. Otani continues to be linked to the Dodgers. He, there was a report, I don't remember which reporter, kind of said that the Dodgers could would have enough and, and would be willing to go after Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto, which would be obviously very fun and very ideal in terms of what they need. And, you know, I, I think Jeff talked about it yesterday where, you know, with the Dodgers offering NOLA 165 mil, I would imagine five, six year range, you know, they are going to be more, maybe a little bit more aggressive than they have in the past. Uh, and rightfully so, because, you know, they do, they can't come out of this free agency without one to two starting pit, like, you know, without one to two starting pitchers that are in the front half of a rotation uh, and simply say, you know, we got outbid or whatever the case was. Now in the case of Nola, you know, they, the report was that teams did outbid the Phillies and he still decided to go back with him. That's hard to go against, uh, you know, but if he gets to a point, you know, where push comes to serve, in terms of not being desperate, but, you know, let's just say like Jordan Montgomery, maybe, you know, it, okay. We have him pegged, you know, 20 to 22 mil a year. Now he's commanding 25 mil a year. You know, the, the Rangers are willing to give him four years. If you tack on that fifth year or sixth year, whatever the case, he'll sign with you. And then you say, Oh, you know, out of our price range, not what we wanted. No, I think, this is the year where you go, yes, and just deal with whatever happens after the fact. You know, not that Jordan Montgomery is more so of a an example of a free agent pitcher. I don't think him specifically is who you got on a limb for, but if he was the last one left, then yeah, maybe you have to. So all right, that's gonna do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day make sure to find us where we get podcasts and on youtube remember locked on has the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with experts of local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel there's also the net the 24-7 Locked On Los Angeles Sports. You will be on there. Um, you can, you know, all the other Locked On 
uh, from around NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, all that stuff. Go check it out on YouTube. Go remember, we're also on YouTube and on wherever you get podcasts, Locked On Dodgers. You can also find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM either of us for any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send those via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, text my advice by podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.